What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everyone, it's your DM, Michael. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe join u.s customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself learn more at cbp.gov careers here and we need your help we're at the point now where we've had episodes out for about a year and we are looking to change up add a few things and we need your help yes you the listener we need your help we are looking to jazz up critical hits and critical misses in our attacks. And for that, we want clever ideas, fun things, unusual things that we can use on a random cycle for critical hit effects. For example, if someone has a critical hit on an arrow shot, I want to be able to pull out some cool thing like the arrow launches, and as it happens, a random fluke of magic comes in, doubling, tripling the number of arrows as they lance into the target. And the effect being that the attack does an extra 1d6 of damage, or 1d8 of damage, or something along those lines. And for that, we're coming to you. So if you have any clever ideas, fun things that you think might be interesting, go ahead and reach out to us on Facebook or on Instagram. Let us know what your idea is, and if we use it, we'll make sure to tag you in the episode as well. Thank you all for your help. We're looking forward to adding this up in 2021 as the new year approaches. Thank you all very much for listening, and hey, let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome to Attackers of Opportunity. It's your DM, Michael. I'm sitting around a virtual table with some of my friends, and we're about to play some D&D! Yeah, damn right! Yes, excellent. <laughs> uh, we left our adventurers in the middle of the woods near a bridge they had repaired and then jumped across and then sort of repaired and then jumped back across. They've had a couple of problems with this bridge, but they have found themselves on the eastern side. At your campsite, now that you've been here for a couple of days, you've had a few interactions, you've done some studying, there were some ritual swappings that led to some interesting results. And at the very end of the last episode, six figures had come out of the forest riding horses. Two humans, a half-orc, a gnome, an Aarakocra and a tabaxi. They had advanced a few steps. The human with long blonde hair and wearing a breastplate had raised his hand. The whole party stopped. He got off, went over to Gerard. It was clear that he and Gerard knew each other, and Gerard introduced him as Jason. Gerard says, ah. uh, Jason is the uh, son of one of the people that uh, I used to train. He's been in charge of the Golden Circle for uh, how long has it been now? 
And Jason says, well, it's been about two years that I've been in charge after taking the reins from my father. So good to see you. Uh, who, who are all of your friends here? And he gestures to all of you. Well, my name is Dorian. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, Dorian. Uh, I'm uh, Jason of the Zixen Council, and most notably of the Golden Circle. Well met, Jason. I am Dorian of the Platinum Ring. Ah! I am Little Dicky of Atom and the Platinum Ring from Zixa. How do you do? Little Dicky, I, I believe that that name is familiar to me. Is, is yes. your father, yes. um, Biggus? Uh, yes. Wow. Most people don't, don't know my father that I meet out here. Yes, you are well done. I... You know, I have heard your name before. Um, I believe my grandfather and your father uh, had a business dealing at some point. Something about uh, an orchard. Really? Yes. I look forward to hearing this tale. <laughs> Papa often doesn't talk about his past. Small hmm. world indeed. Indeed. And getting <laughs> smaller. <laughs> papa. Yes, Papa, Mama. What, do you not refer to your parents as such? I believe you've seen me refer to my parents. Ah, yes. I do not use obscenities when I refer to my parental units. (laughs) Oh, dear. Problematic family, then. Mm, Sorry, I I don't mean to pry. I don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't comment. Oh, it's all right. I'm I'm sure you'll find out sooner or later. My father's a moron. Ah, not not the first person I have heard say that about one or more of their parents. Maybe you should let him know who your father is outside of your relation. Oh, he's the leader of the Summer Council, whatever. Really? Well then, Lord Dorian, I I apologize, I I did not address you properly. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (sighs) Dorian is just fine. Good to know. Please. Please, uh, call me Jason. Well met, Jason. Uh, And your other three friends here? Well, step right up. We have uh, we have Maeve who waves a little bit and then just looks away as if like sharpening an arrow or a, a dagger. She's sharpening her daggers. Um, give me Please. a performance roll if you'd be so kind as to see how nonchalant you are. Sure. Well, that's a nineteen on the die. Yep. Starting off you well. You are smooth with that. I am. So yeah, it's a twenty-five. Who? Or, is, uh, sorry, a twenty-two. Who is otherwise engaged? Well, this is Dirt, one of the, well, most monkey monks you will ever meet. Monkey monks? Mikey Mike. Not an actual better. Monk. <laughs> Sorry, uh, what? Oh, oh, I was worried you had taken another vow of silence. Yeah, um, no thanks, I'm here. Yes, but you can well, introduce me, it's fine. I did, were you not just there? I, yes, this is Dirt. Okay. I have heard that sometimes monks try to give up so much of their worldly possessions that even give up their name. Perhaps that is why she wanted you to address her rather than anyone else. Rather than in- introducing herself, rather. Nah, I'm just lazy and I knew he would do it. <laughs> you uh, see my plight. The, the gnome, the Aarakocra, and the human female behind him all laugh. <laughs> the one over there praying is Valak. Oh, yes, I am Valak. I am, hello, I am very tall. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Valak, they yeah, can see that. <laughs> ah, well met. Excellent. Uh, allow me to introduce my compatriots as well as we are standing here. This is, and he points to the human female, this is Siobhan. And if you are in roll 20, you should now be able to see her picture should have popped up on your screen. Yes. This is Siobhan. She is our, of course, resonant healer. This is Roho. He is a master of the arcane arts. The gnome kind of bows his head, uh, gives a little nod. And the rather tall fellow over there wielding the great spear, that is Red Cag. That is the half-orc. The half-orc, his eyes kind of 
arrow on dirt. And he goes, and the Arakokra back there as well is a druid. That is Ruach. Ruach's head kind of just bobs a little bird-like and all. And our most recently joined member, and he gestures to the tabaxi he calls himself iron song and with that the tabaxi who looks um sort of like maybe a snow leopard in human combined all, all white fur a couple of black stripes he comes in and he gives uh, a rather almost courtly-ish bow from the saddle and then he very quickly kind of like sits back and his eyes start darting around as though he is keeping watch on things and his head begins to turn very much and look to the south. Oh, well met, all of you. You're most welcome. Oh, good, good. Come, come, all. And everyone will bring the horses a little bit. They'll dismount. They'll tie the horses up to some of the trees nearby and join you all in camp. So a little more description on the individuals themselves. Jason is, as I said, a human long blonde hair. He has a breastplate and a scimitar at his hip. He moves with a very professional grace, very clearly some sort of fighter or melee combatant. Redkeg, the half-orc, has his spear as he uh, dismounts the horse, though he actually leaves the spear with the horse. He comes in, he is very dark green skin. His jaw is kind of wide and protrudes out. He does not have the kind of orc tusks, however. Just his jaw is has like an extra 20% of mass to it kind of thing. Very cliff-like in the jaw. The Arakokra is kind of a stooped fellow uh, wielding a staff that kind of twists and gnarls into itself. He walks in a very hunched-over fashion, and he is holding the staff almost like he's ready to, in a two-handed diagonal grip. So he's not using the staff to walk. It's not a, a support staff. He just seems to be holding in front of him and stooping along as he walks. The tabaxi, as I described earlier, white fur, black stripes, the human female, Siobhan, she comes over as well, uh, also blonde hair, does not have facial features at all similar to Jason, so it's unlikely that they are related. She has a blue cloak that wraps around. Most of her clothing is a light blue. She does, however, on her cloak on the what would have been over her right shoulder, she has a large sun symbol. If anyone would like to give me a religion check, you could attempt to ascertain what religion she follows. Oh, by the way, she also has a mace at her hip. Yeah, that's a nine religion. I have no idea. <laughs> is it Ra? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that Should one. Raw, Raw. Raw is the sun god, right? I would Ra's really love sun god. for Dirt to mispronounce Rao's name all of the time. <laughs> After how many times she's oh, heard it. Oh, my God. It. Yeah, I that think would that would be so great. Awesome. I got an 18. All right. It is a symbol to Amanator, who is also a sun god, a little different than Rao. It's known to you that there is often very friendly rivalry between Rao and Amanatur followers. Like high school rival kind of in, in the uh, for football games kind of rivalry. The, oh, they're our enemy, but not really. Right. All right. So they are now at the camp. Jason says, well, I got the message that we were to meet here rather than at the Citadel. Has something happened? <laughs> well, one could say that, yes. Turns out that the... The captain of the forward scout army is also a bit of a moron Mm. and perhaps is uh, under some kind of dark malevolent spirits 
control. Oh. Valak would have to tell you more about it. He's the one that discovered this. Uh, so yeah. yeah, DM, play. <laughs> play I, sorry. NPCs. I had a vision as we were dealing with him of it seemed like shadow passed over his eyes and he was very not nice and he insulted the giants which insulted me a little bit because way back in the day goliaths have sort of a connection to the giants and so i picked him up because he was being insulted and then he tried to break away and kick me in the chest and then after he said that he did not mean to offend me i put him back down and then he could Um, get even Valak, if you could fast forward ahead to the, the part of that we are discussing. Oh, right. Now. So then yeah. after after little Dicky here went and told him about all of the things that we had done, he started to get very rude at us, yell at us a lot, say that we had done very bad things, which we had not. And then he went out into the camp to try to get people to arrest us or fight us or kill us or something. And when he did that, I saw a vision of like darkness over his eyes it was uh, disconcerting. Yes. What Valak failed to mention is that all of the scout work and, well, diplomacy that we had entertained with certain goblins and giants in order to turn the tide of this war before it begins, he spun it to be that we were giving away positions. And everything we said, he turned to a negative. Oh, dear. Uh, yes. It was uh, clear he was itching for war hmm. and would not be dissuaded. More so itching to put us in our place or in jail for that matter. Well, that was after we insulted him, like, profusely. Oh, you mean told the truth? Um, yes, but really insultingly, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the truth sure does hurt sometimes. All of us, yes. The gnome, Rojo, kind of perks his head up and says, Well, yes, I have heard that the uh, elves are often very, very prickly and have attitudes to any race that is not elves. I can't refute that, actually. It's a shame, because I think many... Elves got to elf. Many lives could be saved if they weren't so pompous. Elves got to elf. I like that. I might take note of that. Are we going to be camping here or will we be moving further uh, upriver, downriver, east or west from here before we set camp? I just, I I need to know these things. Well, we we can camp here until we have a course of action, if you'd wish. Jason says... uh, uh, it, it's okay, Rojo. We we will get we will deal with this in just a moment. We are still getting to know each other. So yes, a, a plan of action. What do you all suggest that we do now? You you are the the man on the scene, as it were, or women on the scene. The individuals on the scene. Why not? Oh oh, and over there, coming back from uh, well hunting, I believe that that would be Pelrinor. Oh yes, Pelrinor. We met him as we were coming in. He helped guide us into the camp. Oh. Pelinos, yeah, yes, it's good to see you all. Glad, glad to know you're actually the people we were waiting for and not someone I had accidentally let in and was going to kill all of us, or at least attempt to. And he, he seems to be waiting for people to laugh at that, like he was telling a, a dark joke, but right. clearly no, no one. <laughs> ha, ha. You weren't sure? Really? They fit the description. They were in the right place. They said the right things. I didn't actually think it was a problem. I was fairly certain that it was them. Oh, <laughs> no. Humor, yes. Right. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Was anything really important just dropped formation-wise? Just a lot of the entire game. Great, great. Uh, just the ball. No, you're, you're fine. No, it did a little, little bit of initial chatting, and Jason had just asked, so what is the game plan as you all were the, the people on the scene, you have the, the latest and greatest details? Well, the, 
the long-term plan <clears throat> was to go in search of more artifacts that Vazrul Zagor has not yet acquired. Hopefully we might be able to figure some way to remove the dark presence from those items. And once we learn how that is done, we might be able to use that knowledge to render Vazrul Zagor's artifact powerless as well. In theory, yes. now we have to start moving a little bit faster because we did tell that to somebody who seems to have been possessed and probably on Vazrul's side. Oh dear, oh dear me. Wait, we told that to who? Sorry? Didn't we tell that to the dude who was possessed? The captain. captain. That we were going to seek out the item. We just came up with that, that list. No, that the items were a thing. Oh, yes, yeah. he knows that the items are a thing. Exactly. So regardless of whether or not, he would still be seeking them out. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what he's really up to? Seems Look, was a I left a dangling more. plot hook for you guys to investigate at some later date? <gasps> I'm shocked. I'm hungry. Well, <laughs> you know, we all deal with things differently. <laughs> All right then, uh, so we can help you track down more of these, or... Yes, but first, for Valak's sake, we are going to... Oh, are we going to talk about the puppies now? (sighs) Yes, the the puppies. Okay, so there are... that in air quotes. Okay, so there are puppies. They are not far from here from what we've been told. We we must save them. Valak, do you you care to tell them what they actually are? Oh, I'm sure that you or little Dicky or or Dirt can tell much better. Just know that there are puppies. Something just occurred to me, other than the puppies. The artifacts may be influencing Vazor's Agor, yes? What if... Oh, yes. Yes. What if our... Is he a captain? What if the captain has already acquired an artifact and that has possessed him in a similar fashion. As Maeve said, maybe they knew about them already. I mean, that's not what she said, but it got me thinking that maybe they've even tracked one down and that's what's causing them to act like Vazor Zagor. I'm embarrassed to admit that I hadn't even considered that. I as well. We are all one brain now. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. No, no that, that, that's a Nikki thought, actually. And the medulla oblongata. Mm, mm, no. That was, no. that was the I mean, first thing I thought. I just thought we were all on the same page, but we're not on the same page, which means we're not of the same brain. This is actually comfort for me. Thank you. Back to Sherman. Red, red, red keg kind of like raises his hand for a moment and goes, oh, would we be same brain as all of you or would we be our own separate brain that's altogether separate from you? I do not understand your metaphor. Your nervous system. Ah. Perhaps, perhaps we're in the same chapter of a book dealing okay, with the same thing. Same page might be a little too close and well, quite frightening. Don't want us all sharing our thoughts at the same time. No. So at this point, it's about 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon. You all have spent most of the day here. And everybody, just to clarify, is at full hit points. You've had multiple long rests. Everybody is full up, has all their stuff. And the Ruark, the Arakokra, actually comes over and sees where you guys had been building your fire the last few days and starts uh, looking around, puts a, a couple of logs on the fire, puts his hand down, twists it momentarily, and then draws it up. And as he draws it up, the logs begin to light on fire. Well, great. Neat. So, we should talk about the warg pens. Uh, yes, you said there were these mm, puppies, air quotes, Jason will say. He won't actually say air quotes, he'll do air quotes. Yes, um, yes. And it was, yes, the, the warg pens. How, how did you even find out about them in the first place? Well, uh, from the Citadel, the top of the tower, there's uh, what Valak calls the God's Eye. It's it's a magical construct in which you can view the land for miles around in great detail. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yes, so we are going to free the puppies, as they were. So, any ideas to what monsters will be doing battle with? I believe 
goblins, perhaps bugbears. I there, forget. there were hill giants, but we have allied with them now. Yes, so if the we hill need... giants no longer fight for Vazrul. That's true. And we might be able to convince them to fight with us against Vazrul Zagor and mm, possibly the captain if we have to. Mm. I've heard uh, tall tales of giants in the past, though I've never met one myself. Having a few of them mm. on our side would certainly bolster our force's strength. I see what you did there, sir. See, now, that is the reaction that we were looking for when we met with the Elven contingent. Ah, that's good. It did not play out that way. Excellent. Mm. So... From what I'm gathering, the, the warp pens are a, a few days from here? Yes, uh, yes. I will draw a crude map. Cool. So as you remember from the God's Eye, from here, the warp pens would probably be about three days inland, mostly mostly east, a little to the south. To the east and a bit north, though, is also the Special Forces training ground kind of piece that you saw. The where there troops. were and hobgoblins training in formations and things of that nature. So any direction that you go east from here, you're going to want to be very cautious in doing so. Yes. Yeah, so I, I will explain all that. And, and I, I, will, I will run them through everything that we've done from the Goblin Shrine to meeting the Treants to how the, all the trials that we went through with the Hill Giants. I'll, I'll kind of, well, no, I'll start telling them and then I'll let little Dickie actually tell the tale. Excellent. And because in really just about the last episode from here, you, you told all this to the captain. I don't think we necessarily have to have our listeners. No, listen. no, no. Nope. Just no. far more entertaining though. For their sake, they get it. <laughs> yes. Yes, Jason, through all of this, is nodding along the Siobhan, who you guys can kind of figure out through her garb and mannerisms, is a cleric. She's nodding along. She'll ask a couple of questions. The wizard, Rojo, the the gnome, pays attention for a little while, and especially perks up at the discussion of the artifacts from the previous necromancer lord. But then once you start talking about hill giants, he again perks up at the discussion of trials of power. And the moment you go on to physical stuff, he like just drops all interest and goes back into his own world as though that does not uh interest or affect him hmm. well excellent then I, okay. I i believe we should camp here the night and then set out in the morning yes oh that that sounds lovely excellent and with that he will volunteer to at least have one of his people on watch if you guys also want to set up a watch if anyone would like to be paired up with someone in particular to do a scene like if you want to ask a question or anything happy to do that otherwise we will have effectively three days on the road if not more where you guys could have interactions and and pieces like that so no I'm, i'm not demanding people have scenes i'm just letting you know that that window is open in case you want to get to know any of these people a little better um yeah i want to not set up that i'm going to have a watch with what was his name iron something iron song uh, i don't want to set it up i'm just going to appear all roguelike so we could say that you could sneak up on him third watch no problem we'll, we'll start there and other people have other days Ironsong has set up right actually near the fire, but his back is to the fire and he keeps glancing around the forest, mostly to the east because behind the fire is the river. So it's less likely that a threat is going to come out of the river unless they cross the bridge, which will make noise. So he's mainly watching to the the east and a little north and south. Okay. Um, I sneak up the tree next to him. She takes a quick uh, sip out of a flask. <laughs> <laughs> And offers it to him. Uh, thank you for not saying anything. I I understood that through our parting at the ship that we were all pretending not to know each other. I thought that uh, was best. How'd you get roped into all of this? I was just gotten into Passet and saw the golden circle was sitting there. Without any other plans or really any other way to be making money, 
I took the opportunity. Apparently, they, they've not had a sailor in their ranks for a while. So uh, I was able to provide a few skills that they didn't quite have in their team. And they're paying well? Uh, so far, I've gotten to eat. I've gotten a little bit of drink. And I've got a few more gold coins than I had when I started. What about you? How do you uh, get roped into all this? I, I didn't take you for the join and type. I didn't intend to, nor do I intend to stay. But uh, <sighs> I needed to get out of where I was. And I didn't know where to go. And this group of people just kind of... And I fell into my lap and I grew up with being around people and I can't not, not yet, at least. I understand that. Not, not being part of the crew anymore. It, it definitely takes getting used to it. Not being completely surrounded by tabaxi either. That I, one's I, a weird one. Yeah, I, I've, I've never known more than one human and now I spend my days with two. <laughs> I understand. And that, that tall fellow of yours, what the heck is oh, he? We don't even know what he is. Nah, we do. He's a mess of a human, not human. He's great. He is a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> she takes another deep glug from the flask. No, everyone is great in the group. It's just having a hard time coming together. And when they talk about us all having the same brain, I just want to laugh because none of us are on the same page ever. Oh, that sounds like a bit difficult. I mean, I... I remember back serving on the ship and the captain gave the order and the first mate backed up the order and the bosun made sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to. It works like a well-oiled machine. It does that. But it doesn't work that way when nobody is in charge. And if you're in a group of people who both want to be in charge and not want to be in charge, there's just chaos. But that is why I left in the first place, isn't it? I didn't want to be a part of that anymore, so... I guess I got what I asked for. Right. Uh, what's that they say? The uh, the sea is always bluer over the next horizon. Mm, that. Do you know anything? Have you heard? I haven't haven't heard too much. I uh, the the last piece I heard is I talked with one of the other uh, sailors. We we headed initially almost straight east from where we came ashore after the ship went down, and uh, we we stayed together for a little while. It just it one night he claims that he saw the Captain Cade's ship sailing around as though he was looking for something. I've debated many times on whether or not I should send word that I'm all right, but uh, as time goes on, the harder it would be to say something, and uh, I don't want him to find me. And if I am out there. He will. I, uh, I don't want to comment on on you or the admiral's family relationship. I I just know from serving with my own father that some days things were great and other days they royally sucked. <laughs> so I I understand that it's a little bit of give and take. There's a lot more to it than that, but I appreciate it. Thank you. I I don't mean to uh, uh, begin into your business. No, no. It's nice to see someone from the old times. Right. But we don't know each other, do we? Right. I, I never saw you before today. Nah. Pass uh, the flask back over. He will take a swig of that. Well, it's been a, a pleasure meeting you for the first time. It seems like we're going to be traveling together for a few days. It's uh, always a pleasure to see another tabaxi. Always. Have a good watch, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll be doing that. And I'll see you at some point when, we, when we're walking, I'm sure. <laughs> Salute. Goes back to bed. He, he goes and to- Ellie eats dinner. <laughs> he comes up and essentially raises a fist up kind of to his forehead with, with the arm almost parallel to the ground or the forearm parallel to the ground. And that is at least his version of the salute. Got it. Cool. Nom, nom, nom time. So if anyone else wants to have seen, other than that, we will uh, fast forward to the morning. People are waking up. Gerard and Pelvinor will come over to all of you and Gerard will come in and say, uh, all right, so now that 
we we have another six people with us. That that opens up a whole lot of different tactics that we can use when we get to this puppy pen. So I'm curious as to so which which of you is going to determine tactics and strategy? That's a wonderful question. I figured it was better to ask it now than when we're waiting outside the warg camp. Well, I've no experience in tactics involving this many people. So what do we need to do? I assume Gerard You've been around a while. Yes. What do you suggest? I don't know all of the powers and abilities that you all have. It seems at least some of you are sneaky and some of you are loud. I'm sure some of them are sneaky and some of them are loud. Keeping that in mind, maybe distractions and trying to maneuver the bad guys into positions that are advantageous to us would be best. But let's put it this way. I, the DM, don't want to force tactics onto you guys. Um, Is there there a map on the table or anything? So there is the general map that you all have, and you all saw the warg pens through the god's eye. And tell you what, I will even, in the roll 20, move you effectively to the warg pen map so that you all can kind of see, and this would have been what you saw from the god's eye. The warg pens, or the farms almost, that they exist on have created effectively a small goblin town on one of the larger cleared-out areas of the terrain. There were at least a handful of structures. If you're looking at the map, these are the orange squares and rectangles that have crosses on them. That's the, the roof lines. Seeing that. The pens themselves seem to have a few warg in each. There was also a kind of larger perimeter fence. That would be... Uh, I'm pinging it on the map a little. Oh, but it yes. was... It was noted as you were watching that they could actually move part of the fence from that was keeping the wargs in near the buildings and bring those fence pieces out so that the entire large area could be like grazing and training areas for the wargs. Okay. But you saw a mix of uh, wargs that were mounted by goblins. You saw wargs that were being trained and moved around. You had seen some bugbears. You'd seen some hobgoblins as well. So there is absolutely a mix of enemies in and around this camp. This is the largest military target that you all will have gone after to date. Well, Valak seems to want to save the puppies. Mm-hmm. Yes, so... yes, we must save the puppies. They are most important. Well, we definitely don't want to free the woggy, the puppies, until we have taken care of their masters. Otherwise, they'll turn against us and it'll make things worse. Which is a valid point. But the question is, we've been spreading this whole goblins don't fight story for for the last couple of weeks here. We don't know if it got to them, but if it got to them, then we may not have to immediately jump into a fight. We could gather them as well. What's that? It's been maybe 10, 11 days. So it's two weeks. Okay. I, I just wanted to clarify so that you knew, so that you at least clear that it wasn't months and months. Sure. Do you want to, a week and a half. Do you want to sneak in and maybe see if you can overhear any conversations, see if, how they're leaning? We could do that. The other thing I was thinking is, you know, Valak has been the person to really talk to the goblins about this. Valak and Dorian. Valak? Uh, actually, Dickie that was- can disguise yourself as one. Oh, I have yeah, this mixed I, up. Uh, remember, yes. I'm, I'm the one that I just have it mixed up. <laughs> no, okay. We're very similar. Abs- Wreck on that. Absolutely. Yeah, just... We are both dandies, as it has been said. So, I mean, what, what if we do exactly what we did before, where, where you go in as a goblin, you make friends, you learn the thing, you start the revolution within there, mm. yes. and in the meantime, we start dealing with the hog goblets and maybe dealing with the war. What do you mean by dealing with? Like going up and assassinating them? 
No, trying to talk to them. Oh, uh, making deal with them. Well, let's let's let little Dicky find out where they uh, where their allegiances lie, and, and then, then we can, can get we can get better intel, and then we can actually form a plan. Gerard says, "I like this." Who should I tell them? I mean, obviously, I'm the new guy. Uh, what's my what's my my in? Who am I? Who are you before? Yes, yeah, all right. I'll be the same. Fair enough. <laughs> You'll I mean- be the traveling. Goblin that makes ah. all the difference in their little community. Oh, you know what? Get Maybe on be... so well before. It did. Well, they're quite easy to get along with. I rather like the fellows. Perhaps I can be um an in advance. Oh, how do you say? A prophet of uh, our friend. Um, what was his name again? Brunt. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, have you heard about Brunt? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. It's it's Brunt's thing. Let's focus on that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So right. while you guys are traveling towards the war pens so that Tiki can try his uh, sneak in, I would like a couple of skill checks from people letting know how you're covering the terrain, how you're trying to avoid goblin patrols, how you are scouting out, making sure you're staying on the right path. I am happy for whatever kind of skill you want to pitch me and uh, just let me know how it's contributing to the group's ability to get through the wood and the terrain. To get from the Azure. bridge to the camp. Yes. Okay. I summon my familiar and send Azure out to go see what's what lies ahead. Excellent. To, uh, give me perception with advantage. Ah. And to everyone's shock, I will stealth ahead. <gasps> Shocking! What? No. Okay, perception with advantage. Natural 20. There you go. So as Azure is flying around, they note that to the you have kind of three options as you as you want to go if you go significantly south and then swing back up you should be able to avoid most of not all of the goblin patrols if you go directly east and then drop down you will have a, a high chance of running into patrols from the goblin training area if you go if you start going east and south east south east and south you'll get there fastest but there's a lot of very rough terrain. All right. Um, well, I propose that we take the first option. What say you all? Aye. Uh, there's too many of us to start trying to cover rough terrain like that, and I don't want to fight my way in. Seems like a plan to me. All right, so, maybe you said that you were stealthing? Mm-hmm. Give me a stealth roll, please. Tell me it's at advantage. No. Great. It's a nat one. Well, oh, fortunately no. for skill checks, nat ones aren't automatic failures. Uh, what's your total? Great, so that's 12. Okay. Sheesh. Yeah, stealth high. You, um... Fall out of a tree. Get back in the tree. You have a couple of moments where you are perhaps... It's distraction because of the new people in the area. Maybe it's your your mind is wandering back to other things, but there are a couple of moments where you're a little almost absent-minded and you do not feel you are nearly as stealthy as you normally are as you are trying to scout around. Mm-hmm. Dirty Dicky? Mm-hmm. Dirty Dicky. Dirty Dicky. That's Spanish. Dirt, dirt is going to do survival. Okay. Oh, yeah. She's going to use her shortness to check the ground for things. <laughs> All right. I dig it. Give me a roll. It's an 11. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, I'll ask you first if you have thoughts as to what that might result for you. It's on the unsuccessful side. I, I have a couple of ideas, but if you got anything, I'm more than happy to roll with it. It's all yours. Okay. As you are spending some time, part of, in my mind, survival is foraging for a little bit of the extra food that you're you're eating throughout the course of the days as well. You find these clustered red and black berries on this plant, and you're like, ooh, this looks great. This looks super tasty. You pick them, 
you have a couple you share with some of the rest of the party, and they are not good berries. The end of the first day, everyone's stomachs are a little unsettled. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, this is... Diggy? <laughs> I was going to do deception hmm. to mask... Like our sounds or... Our yeah, basically like our, our presence. So okay. that, yeah, people would think that to make us blend in. There it is. Gotcha, gotcha. I dig it. Give me a roll. Can you dig it? Kaboom. Uh, 11. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Thank you. We're doing great. So in <laughs> my mind, this is sort of a hybrid deception nature because you're trying to cover your tracks, things of that nature. So if you had rolled high enough on deception, I was going to give you advantage on a nature check. But instead, I'm just going to ask you to make a nature check. And that'll actually be your roll that you're counting. Okay, here we go. Uh- yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're able to help cover the, the tracks a little bit. You're kind of at the back of the party. At the end of the first day, people have set up the, the camp again, Golden Circles there. And you get back to camp just as, you know, some of them are finishing up dinner. And as you walk in, you notice that Rojo, the gnome wizard, chants to himself for a moment, points his finger at himself, and then immediately falls unconscious asleep in his bedroom. Oh, that's a way to do it, isn't it? Wow. Interesting. Seeing a couple of you staring at that, uh, Jason will come over and go, oh, yes, he does that. He doesn't get to sleep very well naturally at night, so he usually saves up a spell slot or two to cast sleep on himself. Magical ambient. Totally understandable. Yes. I'm jealous. It's quite brilliant. Yes. Once or twice, I've kind of wished for the ability myself. I hear that. Should have him construct a wand for you. Now, there you go. That's an interesting idea. I might just talk to him about that. Yes, in the morning, though. Oh, yes, I'm I'm certainly not going to wake him up now. (laughs) No. Excellent. Day two of progressing. Give me another round. Feel free to use a skill that someone else has used, just maybe not a skill that you've already used. Ah. And Hmm. uh, Velik, Helrenor, and Gerard have all just been kind of moving with the group, moving along. Helrenor a couple times will go out and scout and come on back to the party. He'll occasionally bring like uh, a haunch of rabbit he's been able to catch and bring that in for part of dinner. Gerard spends a lot of time talking with Jason as they progress through. And Valak, you know, Valak Valaks. Yeah, he does. He, he's the most Valaky Valak I've ever met. Um... How about we start this time with Maeve? Okay. I'm thinking I want to do acrobatics, but I'm trying to figure out how that would work. Am I cartwheeling through trees? Am I? <laughs> and, and and feel free to set like whatever the train, like if you're like, oh, well, there's a down tree and I want to use this skill to get around it or something. I'm totally cool with you guys setting up some obstacle or trick or thing that you want to try in the world. That's, that's all. That's all I got. Okay. Does that, does that work? Yeah. Ac- ac- acrobatics. Sure. Okay. Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. Not that again. It's the same die, too. We're not going to use that die anymore. <laughs> so Most it's a good. nine. So you try to move ad- in an agile fashion, dexterously through the area. However, your foot gets caught in a tree limb, and you are going to take one point of damage. Ow. Yeah, no, she's real distracted. The the moment you kind of go, ow, Ironsong's head turns and twists and looks in your direction almost reflexively we're good we're good she completely ignores it okay dicky i'm thinking ugh, everything else is terrible um yes i'm thinking the history of the region maybe okay 
You guys have been a Hills. lot of history checks about this region. I like it. I know it's, I know quite a lot of the history. I mean, we've been here a while, especially this particular area. This is kind of new. I'm wondering if I, maybe I have heard some tales about the geography, about, yes, the flora, the fauna. Okay. So I'm historizing, and I got to 22. Very nice. Very nice. So as you are thinking about this, I, I, I'd like to offer the idea that you start thinking about the history of breeding animals, training them, raising them, and trying to apply that to understand a little how the wargs are being set up. I mean, people have written books about such things. Yes. And you are reminded that there are often, like, the pens that when they're training particular, like, a, a particular horse, the horse will be brought out into the pen. They'll be kind of the only one, maybe two there, with their trainer. There will be a larger grazing area that they can get out and just run around generally. And if at any point any of them are hurt, there are often smaller subpens, especially if one of them gets sick with something, that they will pull that animal off into the other pen away from the others so that they are not hurt or, or injured. Or that the other ones aren't hurt or injured. In you thinking about that and the terrain that you've seen through the god's eye, there actually were a couple of smaller pens that were set off of one of the, the longer barn-looking structures that you think some of those might actually hold wargs that were perhaps injured or have only just begun their training and is maybe strained or stressed something. So those might not be the battle-ready wargs in that area. I'm curious if these pens that are set off are... They manned, or are they just left to be there to heal by themselves? Would I know that, or should I just? There were a couple. There were a couple of goblins that would come and attend, but they weren't. They weren't constantly goblins stationed by them. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I will think about this. Dirt. Dirt is going to use insight, her monk insight, to feel the weave of the nature's energy to guide us. <laughs> That's a stretch. Really? But I'll let you roll it. I have a thought that if you roll high enough, you might get something cool. So yeah, go ahead and roll it. 17. As you are moving and flowing and kind of vibing with the wind rustling through the area, you feel, you sense for a moment that the wind around you is not just the natural wind, that there is not structure, but order to it, that there is something powering the air just around you. And flashing in your mind, you think back to the fight with the three dragon whelps and the vision that you had when you fell and the swirling kind of vortex of air that you had reached out to then, and it seems to be channeling in and around you, and you're not sure if it's always channeling in and around you, and you've just felt it because you're so in tune, or if this is something new that's happening to you. Okay. There's a there's a charge in the air, as it were. Cool. Dorian! Well, Dorian is going to try to uh, boost morale. He's been watching Dickie do this occasionally. And he thinks he can use his persuasion to really, really bolster the uh, morale of the group. Talking about how we're doing the right thing and that we might actually save more lives by talking to the goblins first. And and we're on the right path here. Okay. I dig it. Okay. Back to normal. That's a 30. It's a natural 20. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That is your second crit on on this little skill check piece here. We've been trading. Yeah. Yeah, we've had two net ones and two nets. That never happens to me. That's that's crazy. Okay. I'm pretty happy with that. So you start talking to the Golden Circle about all of the, the, the conversations you had with the other goblins, the 
hey, some of these people maybe aren't bad. They're misunderstood. There's some greater misalignment kind of thing that seemed to be in line with what you were saying previously. And Siobhan, the cleric of Amanator, absolutely gets right in there with you, starts talking about how she's always felt that many monsters were just misunderstood. They grew up in a system that forced them to be the way that they were. And she tries to be a, a voice of temperance with the Golden Circle. So she feels that while it is part of her calling to protect the world from the monsters, she also sometimes feels called to protect the monsters from the Golden Circle. Yes, uh, yes. So you understand. Yes. And I will say with that 30 persuasion at level five, <laughs> that the entirety of the Golden Circle has looked at you and seen a keen mind and effective effective voice. So I was going to make you guys like have conversations with them and try to see if they were going to be your allies or whatnot. They all seem like, hey, these Platinum Band guys are super cool and nice people. They, they are all about, if any of you wanted to become a, golden mem- a member of the Golden Circle, they seem jazzed about that prospect. Oh, interesting. Cool. Uh, And they'll be talking about this a little bit at the end of the second day of travel as well. Gerard has had a few brief conversations one-on-one with with Jason throughout the course of the day, just talking a little bit. As you guys have occasionally walked by them once or twice, it seems to be conversations about Jason's father, Jarman, who is the guy that Gerard knew. And at the end of the second day, Jason will actually come up to Little Dicky and says, "Uh, Yes, you... uh, I, I, I mentioned that I believe my grandfather knew your father. Um, yes. I, I wondered if you would like to have a, a chat over the meal tonight. Absolutely. I always love to hear stories about Papa. Yes. Well, then, let's have a sit down and uh, chat. It's uh, your little dicky of Atten, right? I, I, I did want to make sure I, I was thinking of the right one. Yes. Are there other little dickies? Well, it's, I, I just wanted to confirm in my mind that uh, the, the Atten was the piece that I was trying to confirm. And Papa is the biggest, yes? Yes. Of course. Um, Right. As, as I recalled, it was uh, in Olive Grove. Oh, it must have been 30 years ago, I think my father, uh, my grandfather said, when, back when he was a young man. And something about the, uh, the water rights. And apparently, he, my grandfather always felt that your father got the better end of the deal. What, what deal? <laughs> Could you be more specific? You, he, you were fighting over this or was it? I, I think they were, one was a trying to acquire, oh, let's, let me try to remember this. Is it um, a real estate deal? Yes. Uh, my grandfather yeah. had a place upriver from an olive grove that your father was attempting to purchase. And because of that, your father needed to acquire water rights to the river ah. so that they could properly irrigate but my grandfather was not particularly happy with that. And in the price that your father was able to get seemed, my grandfather always felt that he should have gotten more money for it. I see. It's not so much of a friendly story, is it? More of a, a, a grievance. Mm. I, I don't think it ever, I, I think it just made them like two uh, wolves circling each other when uh, deal was on the table. Not that they were, oh, I'm going to get you kind of mentality. I understand, but he's not bitter, I hope. I hope well, they, they may he's, 
He's certainly not bitter anymore. He he did pass a few years back. Well, I mean, yes. That's a, I'm glad you're able to take that in stride. Yes. Uh, it's my one of those, by the way. Uh, I, I do appreciate that. It uh, was actually at that time that my father decided that he would step back from leading the Golden Circle, and I took his place. It was a rough time for the family, but... It did allow everyone to uh, move, move on, move, uh, move in different directions in the organization, as it were. I see, and and you've been with them for a while. I see, so I assume you're you're quite a good leader. Yes, I have kept them all together. This Iron Song fellow is the newest member of the team, so still making sure that he works in properly, but he seems a a competent fighter. How does one become a member of the Golden Circle? Well, it, we try to look for individuals that have skills or expertise other than what is already a a part of the circle. That way, Mm -hmm. at the time that Rojo decides to perhaps retire or perhaps Redcag decides that he is no longer wishes to fight every day, we will be looking for a new strongman. We'll be looking for a, a new wizard. Siobhan says that she's going to be with us for another few years at least, but should something happen, of course, we would look for another cleric to join the ranks. We, we do try to keep the organization as strong and well-versed as possible. You don't have a limit. I mean, you could always add a new new member. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, it was actually, my father told me once that at one point there were 13 members of the circle. Ah, uh, lucky number 13. Yes. As we say in Zixa. It wasn't particularly lucky for the 13th member, but that's another sad tale that perhaps is best reserved for another time. Oh, I see. Well, we've almost lost a few of our members uh, just over the short time we've been together. Oh, that sounds terrible. We've recovered. Well, Valak was a changed man, but mainly um, Maeve and Dorian always seem to persevere. (laughs) Surprisingly, you'd think they'd be a bit more squishy, but they're actually, yes, quite wily. The ones that stay up when everybody goes down. (laughs) (laughs) They definitely benefit from not trying to hug the enemy. Well, I noticed that you are a a sword wielder. That that Valak fellow also appears to have a a great sword. If at any point you'd like to spar, I'd love a match. Oh, that might be wise. Valak does rather not go for the violence. He prefers to, as I said, hug it out. But I could always use a good sharpening, as they say. Ah, well, oh. shall we? We, we, have, we have time. Uh, all right, I suppose. Yeah, just a quick couple of rounds. Not not truly out for blood, of course. Sticks or swords? I was thinking swords. Uh, worst, worst case, Siobhan will be there to help repair uh-huh. the damage we do. <laughs> yes. Handy, isn't it, this world of magic we live in? Yes. Quite, quite. Very good. On guard. All right. So he's going to stand there and let you go first. Oh, it's happening. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, happening. So it's happening. Guys, we'll take a couple of steps away from the, the fire and everyone else. He'll get out a sword. He'll kind of limber up his arm for a moment, do a couple of just, you know, twists with his body. You see that he almost fights against the breastplate a little bit, like he wants to move uh, a, a little more gracefully than the breastplate really allows him to do. I take note of that. But then he will get into a, an on-guard position, and he will... Uh, I do a little flourish, like like Count Dooku. Excellent. So if you would like to make some attack rolls... You mean like this? Oh, Nat 20, biatch. What is... What is happening? What is happening? Oh, my God. literally switched... <laughs> It was the flourish. When I have time to prepare, I'm much better. I know what it is. There's not a life or death situation happening. (laughs) Ah, yes, yes, yes. I don't have that pressure. Yeah. All right. So you smack him for 14. That's a pretty solid hit. (laughs) I just love that Dickie has problems performing under pressure. Like, that's the (laughs) whole plot line. (laughs) I like this. He's an an animal. Look at him. (laughs) 
I don't believe it. It's a what, maniac on the floor. What am I seeing? <laughs> so Jason takes the half step back. He goes, oh, well, I see you're clearly not holding anything back. Excellent. And then he starts swinging at you. Oh, yeah. And he swings and swings and swings. Oh. And then he swings and swings. Oh. oh. He gets he has five attacks this round. I would like to take whatever feet he has. And one of them's a crit. Oh, no, yes, it is. So let's see. That is 26, 38, 47, 55 points of damage. But he will stop the moment he thinks that you are about to go down. That would probably be about halfway through. Okay. So he swings, swings, connect, swings the third time, sees you get very wobbly on his feet, and then he flourishes two more but he pulls the blade right at the last second. So you can feel the, the wind from the blade as it goes past those last two times, but doesn't actually cause any damage. Right past that? I'm happy to leave you with a couple of hit points. We're at a rest period anyway, so it's uh, <laughs> it's not critical life or death. You Very say good. that. How many hit points this is when before? we get attacked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, similar uh, far of speed, that's have? why. How many, how many total? I have 40. You have 40? 40. Yeah. So that would be 26. So yeah, at, he does 38 points of damage to you, and then he pulls his last two strikes. So you take 38 points of damage. Might I... Um, could you teach me that? Oh, I um, would I would be happy to. The, I was I was so surprised by your strike. I uh, apologize. I, I, I let my uh, warriors, uh, my warrior spirit uh, get the better of me there for a moment. You were like a, a, a blur, just... You hit me five times for my one. I would like to know how, how you move so fast. Well, it, it's a lot about a properly balanced play. Come, let, let's go Let's go back to the fire. We'll have Siobhan look at that cut there. So, sorry, that is a little deeper than I meant. Oh, yeah, and, and, I'm a little lightheaded. Yes. Is it cold? It feels cold. He will sheath his scimitar and even offer you uh, like a, a shoulder or an arm to help Ow. you up as you walk back. If you Ow. Do. Ah. Gently. See, seeing this, Siobhan will come in and take a few steps, and she will mutter a quick prayer to Aminator, and let's see if I can... So I actually went ahead and built sheets for all of these people. I saw. So she will cast a big old healing spell for and heal you nine points. Uh, mm, thank you. You're my new favorite. <laughs> well, I, I am very glad to hear that. Sir Dickie. Oh, Sir Dickie. Oh, no, no, no. No need for that. Oh, no, actually, I like it. No, you can do that. Thank you. So he, Dorian gives you a look. <laughs> What's the matter, Lord? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're the one making fun of me. I'm not making fun. I'm going to keep saying that, Lord. Mm. Good. I like it. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, there's so much tension. You could just cut it with a knife, couldn't you? Oh, please. That's let's, not, <laughs> let's not talk about knives. For a while, yes. <clears throat> All right, so he, he will chat with you a little bit and he'll talk about, you know, properly weighted blades and his father taught him a few tricks and yada, yada, yada. Mechanically, just so you guys understand what happened, he is a fighter, so he has two attacks. His sword gives him an attack on his bonus action and he used his action surge, so he got another two attacks. So that was why he got five hits on you. Oh, actually... I'm sorry, he would have actually done 10 more points of damage to you because he's a duelist. So he does two extra points on every one of those strikes. He was holding back. Wow. (laughs) You're dead, man. Wait, hold on. He made malhavoc. Roll insight. Oh, yes, I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very thankful and humbled. And I did, especially given your reaction to the captain last game, I did try to make them as super friendly as possible so that you didn't (laughs) piss them off like that. 
What are you trying to say? Are we abrasive? What? No, I, what? I'm trying to learn. <laughs> Do we surprise you? It was oh. team unity right there, buddy. That's yeah, right. it was like, oh, we're, we live in a world where people are this level of shitty. We are not going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So the, the evening goes by. Watches are set. There isn't much going on. In the morning, you guys all wake up and you notice that Ruark, the, the Aarakocra, He's not sleeping in his bedroll where he was when you all went to bed. Instead, there seems to be a wolf lying inside his bedroll in a similar position to what he went to sleep in. Mm. Druid. Mm. (sighs) Makes sense. As you guys watch, he wakes up like one one of the paws starts kicking in the air for a moment. His jaws open super wide like the the doggy yawn. Maeve takes a few steps away. (laughs) He rolls up to his paws and then his head shakes for a moment and... He goes through and, and as he begins to kind of like stand up, like the, the wolf is standing up on its back legs. And as that action is happening, he starts melding back into his normal bird form. He he looks around, tries to see if anybody noticed that, seeing that there's a couple of sets of eyes faced at him. He goes, well, uh, that happens sometimes. Uh, it's It just is. Do you sleep better that way? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Uh, especially when... Uh, I've had a stressful day the day before, and I wake up like that, I feel really good. They've really got sleep down. It's impressive. When I go to sleep, I go to sleep. Each of the members so far of the Golden Circle seem to be quite exceptional in at least one category. Rojo, in uh, hearing this, uh, walks by and goes, yeah, some of us get sleep, others... And he just walks to the fire and starts brewing something in a cup. Um, all right. Others are too focused on more important things. Jason. over his shoulder. Yeah. J- Jason kind of leans over and says, this is an old argument of the two of theirs. It's, um, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's funny. <laughs> well, there is something to be said for sleep and I can relate to needing to focus on other things. So I see both points. listening to Attackers of Opportunity. We really enjoyed making this podcast, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. If you did, please go ahead and leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Attackers of Opportunity. Have yourself a great day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.